<clears throat> so maybe a little detail in the gospel this morning woke you up upon hearing it. And maybe you're like, what did that just say? Did I hear that right? Or maybe it's a question you've had over and over again as you heard this gospel passage proclaimed. Simon had a mother-in-law? I mean, because if he had a mother-in-law, that means he also had a wife. But wait, I thought all of the 12 were celibate. I mean, he was the first pope, right? The first pope was married? How do priests have to be uh, celibate now? If you're asking this question, or maybe if you've always wondered about this detail, good. That means you're paying attention to the Gospels attentively. So to our first question, was Peter married? Yes. But another question is, was he married when he met our Lord? Now that's a little tougher to answer, but the most probable answer is probably no. Now there are a number of reasons why we could infer such an answer, but one from the Gospel account this morning, I think, might help us to understand. Let's take the advice of St. Jerome. He suggests that Peter was a widower by the time of Jesus' public ministry. And one reason you might infer this from the gospel that we heard today is that's because the healing which takes place in Peter's house, you would probably expect, right, his wife to be the one to host the visitors. As the people were coming in, she'd be the one to serve. She'd serve the guest. Usually, the mother of the home, even today, is the one who makes everything happen. And so it's a bit weird, it's a bit strange, that in order for Jesus and his companions to be served, it takes for Peter's mother-in-law to be healed. So in other words, what's missing from this story is any account of Peter's wife. Now, with all that said, right, many of the church followers, the people who commented on this in the early church, suggested that Peter was already a widower by the time he met Jesus, which gives us something interesting to ponder. This great saint of the church, the first pope, would become pope. He knew what it was like to lose a loved one. He also tasted the sorrow of losing someone so dear to him. And yet, when it came time to follow Jesus, he said, I will follow you. Now, since we're on the topic of Peter's mother-in-law, let's look a little more closely at her condition. She's sick with a fever, the Gospels tell us. Now, a fever is never something to mess with, is it? We know about this because we've had the flu season going on these last couple months. But usually a fever is not something so life-threatening. may prevent us from doing our daily duties, but it's never on the urge of death. But in this situation we encounter in the gospel, what comes across the reason for its necessity to be healed is that it was preventing her from serving our Lord. Jesus. 
And so when Jesus heals her, she gets up and waits on them, serves them. Our Lord concerns himself with anything we bring before his attention, no matter how unimportant it may seem to us, to others, to society, and so on. Insofar as it prevents us from serving him, he wants to address it. In the responsorial psalm we heard just moments ago, it said that the Lord heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. When we hear the brokenhearted, we might be inclined only to think think about those victims, right, of a hurt in a lifetime movie or a dramatic romantic comedy, right? The love of their life leaves and they're sit downtrodden, brokenhearted. We see each of our hearts, my brothers and sisters, have been broken by someone or something. And they have been wounded from the hurts of others, ourselves, or even sin. But praise the Lord who heals the brokenhearted. He is the divine physician who takes care, who desires to nurture and to heal our tender hearts with his humble and gentle grace. He desires to see our brokenness, to see our woundedness, no matter how small, no matter how large, and to bring healing to it. And what we need to bring away from the gospel account today is that any brokenness, any woundedness of ours that prevents us from serving Jesus, he wants to address. And he wants to heal. No matter how small, no matter how big it is, no matter how important we may consider it, no matter how irrelevant we think it is, if it prevents us from serving Jesus fully, he wants you to bring it to him. He wants to take your heart, to bind it up, and allow his grace to bring healing to it. The only wound that can't be healed is the one that we don't expose. And my brothers and sisters, as we heard in the first reading from Job, life already brings to us many sufferings, many miseries. The language of Job is so strong that life, he says, what can bring me happiness? And so we only bring more misery on ourselves when we allow that brokenness and that woundedness to just fester and fester over time. But our Lord stands there ready. He stands there ready to take your heart, to bind it up and heal it so that you can serve him more fully, not because he needs it, but because you and I need it. We need that grace. We need that healing. And so like the disciples who immediately told Jesus about the fever which afflicted the mother-in-law of Simon, may we make haste. May we immediately bring our brokenhearted and our wounded hearts to our healing and loving Lord.